0: Good morning. It's a blessing to be here with you guys. And uh, thank you, Sailorville Church, for your prayers, your support over the years. God is doing an amazing work in Lima, Peru. And uh, so much of that is because of churches just like you guys, who, who are faithfully investing in praying for, for our family and so many other missionaries. I uh, wanted to share a, a little bit about this last term. Uh, the la- This last term in, uh, in Peru, two and a half years, was probably our most enjoyable term ever. Uh, most most fruit for sure, and uh, uh, it was it was a term where our two oldest kids are are married, and uh, they were part of our church plant, and uh, Joseph and Kimberly doing a soccer ministry in connection with the church, and then our daughter Jessica married a soccer player, uh, a professional soccer player there in Peru. They were both uh, part of our church, and so the joy of having them there, and then Janessa and Jordan here that are going to faith, and uh, uh, we're a huge part of our ministry there. And so, and Justin, our, our middle child, he lives here in Ankeny, goes to, goes to here at Sailorville. Uh the, the, the privilege of God for uh, us to have adult children serving the Lord with us on the mission field is just incredible. And, uh, and then t- God even took it a step further and allowed us to have our grandchildren with us on the mission field. Kelly and I know that uh, we can't take that for granted. We don't know how long that'll be. So uh, we uh, definitely desire to enjoy every minute uh, of having our kids and our grandkids there. But uh, this last term, uh, as we said before, uh, it, it was such a blessing to see people getting saved at least every month. And uh, people within our church leading other people into Jesus Christ is, is such a joy. This last term, the Holy Spirit was working in, in so many different ways. One of them was uh, a, a young man named Esteban. Uh, about a year and a half ago, Esteban came up to me after church. And he said, he said Pastor, he said, Esteban, ¿te acuerdas de mí? Steve, do you remember me? And it was one of those moments where you want to say yes. <laughs> but you can't. And uh, so Esteban began to tell me how, when he was a little kid, his uh, his dad abandoned the family. Very difficult childhood. And uh, and así de la nada, kind of out of the blue, uh, Pastor Carlos Friedrich, my, my dad, Chuck Frerich, Uh My parents uh, were missionaries in Peru for thirty three years. They arrived in nineteen sixty eight. And so dad would reach out to little Esteban when he was eight, eight nine years old, take Esteban to run errands, and uh, he would. my dad would let Esteban wash his car to give him pocket change and just invest it in Esteban's life. By the time Esteban is 18 years old, Esteban feels God is leading him into full-time ministry. He wants to go to Word of Life in Argentina to study ministry. He asked his pastor, and his pastor says, you know, first of all, you should, you should go to college, get a degree, and, uh, and, and then move forward. The next 18 years of Esteban's life, he completely walked away from God. Was, was involved in all the sins of the world, and uh, uh, started his own business, made a lot of money, and then COVID hit. And as COVID hit, COVID really destroyed his company, his business. He just started losing everything. And it was in this time of, of desperation, of losing so much, he hears from a, from a friend that there is a Pastor Frerich in the area. And he's thinking, well, how many Frerichs can there be in Peru, right? And uh, so he came to seek us out. By God's grace, his wife Pamela is saved. They're going to our church. They're in our small group. And we praise God for them. But then I stop and I reflect on the power of our testimony. My parents, mom and dad, they've been gone for years. But their testimony lives on. Esteban ended up at our church not because of something Kelly and I did, but because of what mom and dad did in his life decades ago. And it's a powerful and important question to us. What is our testimony today? What do people know or think about us? What will our testimony be when we are not here? Several months later, same thing happened. Uh, Rosita, Rosita came up to me after church and she said, "Esteban, ¿te acuerdas de mí? Do you remember me?" Ah, uh, no. And she says, "When I was 16 years old, I got pregnant. And I ran away from home." And I ended up at your parents' house. Your parents took me in for a few months. I was reconciled with my parents. But for a few, few months, your parents were there. And I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, I do kind of remember when I was in high school. Some girl was living with us. And I wasn't really sure why. And now she and her two boys go to our church, uh, Joseph and, uh, and Beto. Beto and I are really good friends. I was invited to speak at a, at a camp in Peru, took him with me. And God's grace is amazing, isn't it? I just praise God for the, for the privilege it is for Kelly and I to serve Jesus in Peru and to see the evidence of God's grace in so many different places. Really, Kelly's in my heartbeat is that God would allow us to see a church planting movement that would sustain a mission sending movement around the world. That's that's what our hearts desire is. That's what Kelly and I pray for that we could see happen in uh in our lifetime so we invite you to pray for us that way and as we we dive into god's word this morning we're going to be looking uh, to luke 15 so if you brought a copy of god's word open open your bibles to luke 15 and uh, we're going to start with uh with a picture here and a picture of myself with a question steve is any any comments Okay, just trying to, trying to create a little bit of an awkward moment here Am I being successful. Okay, very good. Okay, we're, we're going to leave that there. We'll, we'll come back to that. You can, you can take that picture down as quickly as possible. Luke 15. In Luke 15, uh, Jesus is going to share three parables, and most of you are probably very familiar with them. The lost sheep, the lost coin, let's see the spiritual side is right over here. The lost lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. That's right. Absolutely. And each one, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, they all represent the lost, the spiritually lost who need Jesus. And that's a big focus here. The lost need Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the privilege it is to know Jesus and to be known by Jesus. Father, maybe there is somebody here this morning that is in the process of searching for Jesus. Oh God, maybe today would be the day of their salvation. And Father, for your your Sailorville Church, we pray your blessing upon them. And God, as we go into a new year tomorrow, 2024, may our hearts be in tune with you for the need of the lost needing Jesus. May your Holy Spirit lead and guide us now as we open your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We'll be looking at just a few verses in Luke 15, but you can kind of break down the book of Luke into three different categories. The first 10 chapters uh, of Luke are all about the birth of Jesus and his ministry in Galilee. Then the next 10 chapters are about Jesus' ministry in Judea. And then the last four or five chapters are about Jesus' death and resurrection. So right in the middle of the book, of uh, the book, of the, of the, of the book, uh, ten to twenty, Jesus he is he is preaching uh, to the crowds. He is healing people, showing mercy, asking people to repent. And and you guys know, the the religious leaders. What what were their titles? The Pharisees, that's right, the scribes, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they, they all knew the Old Testament, right? They knew all the, the rituals, the traditions, the law, they had it all up in their, in their head. And Jesus, he's going on this, this simple message of recognizing your sin and repenting and and the 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 religious leaders those who knew so much about the word they are hating Jesus and they're making comments to Jesus they're trying to trap Jesus in in and getting him caught up in, in some form that they could they could kill him and so Jesus in Luke 15 is going to share these three parables and in the process of sharing these three parables about heaven about salvation He's going to focus on that those who are in Christ, those who are saved, there is joy in being a part of Jesus' family. And he's going to be looking at the Pharisees and saying, you guys have all this knowledge, but you have no joy. Boy, what an what a, what a impact in our lives. How often maybe is it easy for us to be believers, but to not have very much joy in our lives. And the big idea is God wants me to love the lost. Therefore, number one, the lost are worth searching for. Follow along as we read verse 8. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? That picture, uh, that, that word coin was a drachma. It was a day's wage. It wasn't just a quarter or a nickel. It was a day's wage. So $100, $200, $300. I don't know what a day's wage in, in the Des Moines area is, but it's a decent amount of money. Many theologians believe that these 10 coins were, were her uh, a wedding gift or her inheritance. So something of extreme value. Kelly and I love walking together in the mornings. We, uh, we love getting out and uh, she runs more, more, than, more than I do. And so she'll run, and uh, I'll, I'll try and run after her. And then we'll spend some time walking together. One morning, we were out walking. And I see that Anala kind of out of the blue, she, she, uh, she was feeling her ears. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? And she noticed that she was missing one of her diamond earrings. Well, that kind of puts a damper on life. But I said, Kelly, let's just keep going. And we, we kept walking the mile lap. But now all of a sudden... My head is down, and and I am scanning the sidewalk looking for a little sparkle, looking for that little diamond. We walked the whole whole mile, nothing, kind of uh, came to the end of our walk together. We're crossing the street, and I'm scanning the street looking for that little sparkle. We get to uh, we're living at with Kelly's mom. We uh, get to her uh, to her garage. I walk in the garage. I'm scanning the garage looking for the sparkle. Nothing. Open the door. Walking in the living room. Kelly's mom is sitting there. I'm like, hey mom, and I'm, I'm she's thinking, what's this guy doing? And I'm scanning. I get to our bedroom. I open the door and I'm thinking, this is it. It's either here or it's gone. And you know the the house dean alfombra has carpet. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, it could have been easily tucked away, stepped on in the carpet. Not going to be able to find it. I open the door, and there it is, right on the carpet. Kelly and I are all excited. Why? Because that diamond earring was of great value to Kelly and to me. What is of value to you? Because God says, the lost are valuable to me. And who are the lost? Who are the lost? Those who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So many people come to church that believe that God exists, but it's all external. They don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They have never never said, oh God, I believe that I am a sinner. I believe that my sin separates me from God because God is holy, and my sin offends God. I understand from God's word that I, in my sin, I cannot save myself. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Oh, God, forgive me for my sin. And I put all my faith only in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins. And if you have not done that this morning then God's word says that you are lost. You are spiritually lost before Jesus. What we're seeing here in Luke 15 is that God says the lost are valuable to me. And what about about us? Are Are the lost valuable to us? Do we pray for the lost? Do we seek after the lost? Do we make time for the lost? In the busyness of our work, of our of our regular schedule, do we befriend the lost? Do we intentionally seek after them? What did this widow do? What did this lady do? She turned on her lamp, which involved spending her money, her resources. She swept her floor, which meant spending energy, and she searched. She spent her time. So many things that are so dear and valuable to us, our money, our energy, our time. And this this search was a diligent, intense search that she did. And if I have a love for the lost, it will manifest itself in how intensely I seek after them. What are ways that you and I can search for the lost today? Where Kelly and I live a few blocks away, there's a little street, it's called Samoa, uh, with little shops, we, we would uh, get our kids and our grandkids and just walk up there, get the kids ice cream so it was a win, and just get to know our community, get to know our people, trying to make friendships. You guys like to play tennis? Nobody? couple? All right. Very good. All right. Okay. And a couple blocks away from our house, there are some tennis courts. And uh, we love playing tennis. It's good exercise, but it also it's a way to get to know people. And our girls have played tennis uh, for years at those tennis courts. There are families in our church today that we met through through playing tennis. There is one family. They are all believers in Jesus Christ today. You will meet them in heaven. Because one of our daughters, while playing tennis, turned around to one of the kids behind her, Santiago, and invited him to church. And their whole family ended up going to church and getting saved through tennis. Now it looks like when we go back in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be taking pickleball paddles. You guys play pickleball. I've enjoyed uh, learning to play pickleball here at Sailorville. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. They beat up on me really well. But uh, we're hoping that when Joseph is doing soccer uh, with the kids on one side, I'm hoping to have more fun with the parents playing pickleball, so that the kids are like, "What's going on? They're having more fun than we are, but whatever. Uh, but pickleball, how about coffee? you guys like coffee? So often uh, I try and get out to a coffee shop in our community when I have to study. One time during COVID, so every, you know, it was a time when everybody was afraid to cough. And uh, one of the guys working at the coffee shop, uh, Diego, he, uh, this, is, uh, this is not that day, of course. He was, that day he was working. And uh, he, he had a sore throat. He was trying to hold back a cough. And I offered him a haul got to talk and became friends, found out he was a believer, but he had gotten busy in life, walked away from church, God, and uh, through our friendship, he started coming to our church, was baptized, you see there, and then I don't know if you recognize any of the, the group down there in the right corner of the missions team from Sailorville that went down. He joined up on one of the mission trips, and Diego is growing in the Lord. I want to share a little bit with you guys about what God has been doing in Diego's life. Uh Diego. uh, uh, Little by little, we got to know more of his family, and uh, in in one occasion, about a year and a half ago, his whole family came to our church on a Sunday morning. And uh, after the service, after the service, they came up to me and they're like, Pastor, Pastor, ¿Puedes orar por mi abuela? Can you pray for my grandma? She's dying. And I'm thinking, well, what's my prayer going to do? I can't pray her into heaven. And at that moment, it was like God was saying, Steve, pray the gospel. So right there on the soccer court, I started praying the gospel. Oh God, thank you so much for loving us. And even though we, we, we cannot save ourselves, thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross. And Jesus died for our sin. You were pleased with his, with his sacrifice. You rose him from the dead. And Jesus is not still on the cross, but he rose again and he is at your side preparing a place for us. And as I'm praying the gospel, I hear something, and I kind of lean in, and I hear, yo lo creo, yo lo creo, I believe, I believe. I don't know if that grandma got saved that morning, but uh, two weeks later, she died. I had the privilege of going and, and preaching at, her, uh, at, the, at the funeral, preach to the whole family. And um, uh, part of the package for the funeral was a priest so the family comes up to me, they're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we, I didn't know there was going to be a priest. I said, oh, that's okay. So they go up to the priest, they say, hey, we don't need you, you, uh, you, 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 you can leave. And so I'm pretending to take a selfie, but I'm taking a picture of the priest walking away, and uh, he, uh, he's, he stuck around to kind of hear what this white guy was going to talk about. So he heard the gospel, but a couple weeks later, Kelly, over the last few years, has started as a as, uh, the women here in the church have a Rejoice event. Kelly started a Rejoice uh, event in, uh, in our church in Peru. And, um, and so last year's Rejoice, uh, a lady got saved that Saturday night, and then one of Diego's aunts was there Saturday night, came back Sunday, uh, the next Sunday uh, morning, was there in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then she got saved that Sunday night. And then here's a picture of another one of Diego's aunts and uncles. They grew up going to church, but never heard the gospel. And then this year, his other aunt, Chelsea, she put her faith in Jesus Christ. A couple weeks later, their older, their older daughter, Priscila, she put her faith in Jesus. A couple weeks later, their, one of their younger boys, Valentino, put his faith in Jesus Christ. And I say, God, what are you doing? One by one, family members are getting saved and I go all the way back to that day that I got out into our community. And when somebody was coughing, those of you who know me well, my flesh wanted to kind of turn and hide from the germs. But I offered him a haul. Nothing special, nothing amazing. Just getting out into our community. For the love, for the lost. And God would ask us this morning, what am I doing? Am I searching for anybody? Do I have a list of people that I am praying for? Am I aware of the Holy Spirit at work in somebody's life? Because if the lost are valuable to Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit is at work in people's lives. Amen, church? Number one, the lost are worth searching for. And number two, the lost are worth rejoicing over. Verse 9 And when she had found it, she she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. There's a human joy over a lost person coming to Jesus. For this woman, she stopped everything. She invited her dearest friends to come together. She sacrificed an animal. She made a feast, a celebration out of it. A great moment of conviction in my life was at, actually at a soccer game. Joseph and I were invited with, by some friends to go and we're at this game and all of a sudden, our team scores. and We all jump up, we're celebrating, we're excited. All of a sudden, we're hugging each other. All of a sudden, we're hugging random strangers and all of a sudden, I'm jumping up and down and I'm hugging this police officer. And, and, and at that moment the Holy Spirit convicted me saying, Steve, why does the church not get this excited over Jesus? Because this woman did. This woman got so excited over one lost person who came to Jesus Christ. And that's so convicting for us. I want to share a little bit about uh, Chelly, our, our daughter's friend, She's actually uh, our neighbor. She's at Pensacola right now. But uh, your team, uh, a missions team from Sailorville, was down there in Peru, and Kyle was sharing his testimony. Edgar was translating for Kyle and started struggling with the translation. And so Chelly, in the back with the white shirt, she, she, uh, she, start, she jumped in and started translating for Kyle. And Kyle is sharing how he grew up in a Christian home that was really strict and he struggled with understanding the grace of God. He struggled with seeing uh, classmates in, in a Christian school that were j- just not living the Christian life. And all those things together just, just pushed him away from church, the, uh, the God, into the world. And when Kyle comes back to God, he shares with his parents. And he, and he tells his parents that he had been lying to them for years about his salvation. And as Kyle says that, those words, Chelly stops. And she looks to Jordan, her best friend, our daughter, and says, Jordan, I have been lying to you for years. I don't know how the testimony ended, but Kyle says that Jordan took Chelly out to the next room. There as you can see the picture of them. And Jordan had the privilege of leading her best friend to Jesus Christ. Later on, Kyle tells me, he says, Steve, I wish I would have taken a picture of the floor. It was covered by tears of joy. Because there is joy over one lost person who comes to Jesus. And there's a heavenly joy. Verse 10. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. If it causes joy in heaven, and you and I are citizens of heaven, shouldn't it cause joy? joy in our hearts and lives and if not why not what is going on in our hearts and lives today maybe we need to stop right now and just talk to God and say oh God I confess my sin of indifference I've become so indifferent over the lost people needing Jesus. Maybe it's been so long that I saw somebody get saved. Maybe it's been so long that I led somebody to Jesus Christ. Oh God, I've gotten so busy in work or in whatever. Who knows? God knows where you're at. And what our heart needs to be like before God. There's a list of people that I pray for on a regular basis. A couple of the guys are, are Jose and Sergio. Jose goes to our small group. Uh, he is not saved. He does not show much interest in God, but I'm praying for his salvation. Sergio is more open to the gospel, and I'm praying for Sergio's salvation. But what about Salville Church? Where are we at this morning? Maybe the Holy Spirit would be bringing the image of a family member, a friend, a co-worker, a neighbor, to our heart right now and saying, this is who you need to reach out to. The Holy Spirit is working in their life, drawing them to Him. They're having questions about eternity, what's going to happen to their life. And maybe you are that one person that can be Jesus to them, that can lead them to Jesus. And maybe this morning God would say, in this new year, 2024, que estamos a puertas de llegar a ese, we're we're just around the corner. Maybe God would burden you in the busyness or the routineness of your life, that you would make it a priority to seek them out. We can go back to that awkward picture that we began with uh, of Steve. Sorry to burden you with this again. With just the picture of Steve, you didn't know how to answer. Thank you guys for for not saying anything cruel or whatever. But uh, let's move on here. But now, what is the first word that comes to your mind when you see Steve? Okay, blurt it out, please, church. Steve is? Yeah, there we go. That's right. Steve is short, right? I have a new best friend. When Lauren saw the picture, she's like, Steve, you're not short. I was like, oh, thank you. I love you. Okay. But be next to Dan. Dan played in the NBA. Uh, Dan's a uh, seven-footer. And, yes, you feel really short next to him. I went, at one point, I wanted to, I, I, know, I was noticing his hands, and I wanted to be like, you know how a child with a parent does the hand thing? I thought that might be a little awkward to, with this grown adult. So I, I didn't do that, but let's go on to the next picture here. With Dan in my life, you clearly saw Steve is short. Before you saw a picture of Steve, I don't know what to say. I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know what you're asking for. But now with Dan in my life next to me, Is easy. Steve is short. What do I need in my life so that when others see me, they say, I love the lost? Is it evident to your family, to your neighbors, to your church, to your small group? Is it evident to them that you love the lost? And if so, praise the Lord, keep it up. And if not... What would the next steps be for your life right now? Maybe God would lead you to choose a person. God, this person is asking questions. I see you working in this person. Help me in this next year to choose that person, to pray for that person on a regular basis, and to seek diligently after that person. Why? Because God loves the lost. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Father, that at what time we were enemies of yours, not belonging to your family, but in your amazing grace, you drew us to yourself. You sent somebody to share the good news of Jesus Christ with us, and and it's through Jesus Christ that we have been forgiven. We are saved in Jesus Christ. Father, maybe there is somebody here this morning who's not sure of their salvation. If they were to die today, they do not know if they would go to heaven. May they reach out to somebody and experience that amazing joy of being born into your family. And Father, for your church this morning, we pray, oh God, that as we exit these doors in brief moments, that your word would resonate in our hearts Lord, that we wouldn't see uh, people uh, outside of these doors as problems or obstacles or difficulties or annoyances, but that we would see them as lost people who need Jesus, people that you love and that Jesus died for. And, oh, God, I pray that in 2024 you would allow each one of us the privilege of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with somebody. May you be glorified, Father, through Sailorville Church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.